Welcome to the Jasper Blueprint, a podcast for established business leaders to explore what it takes to build a robust business in a rapidly changing operating environment. The volume and scope of decisions you need to make and the uncertainty and constraints you operate within aren't going anywhere. So this time that we have together here is a window that you can carve out to think, reflect and question so that you and your business can grow. Unexamined beliefs about the purpose of business limit your ability to make money. Let me show you a different way to think about, build and run your business. Because business is not a zero-sum game. Someone doesn't have to lose for you to win. Your choices aren't binary. Money and meaning aren't mutually exclusive. In fact, I'll show you how merging money and meaning is the competitive advantage your business has been missing. Last week was the 50th episode of my podcast, and I talked to you about the idea of being halfway decent, that it takes 100 episodes of a podcast to get any good. And so on this journey that I've decided to embark on, I am still very much in that messy middle, in the yucky, uncomfortable grey space of not yet being able to perform at the level I want to, not yet seeing my vision for the podcast being a reality, and yet having to stick at it, having to run the reps, as they say, to just keep pushing through for at least another 50 episodes until I start to see that vision taking shape and see some level of gaining some mastery being a reality for me. And so I wanted to today just sort of pause for a moment and share a little bit with you about what it feels like sitting in this yucky, messy middle. Because all of us find ourselves in this position at some point, usually many times over in our lives. And for you as a business leader and someone who I'm guessing is a little bit like me, who has big ideas, sets big goals, loves to chase after them and achieve things, you have no doubt many times in your life had an idea, had a vision, had something you wanted to build or create, and you've had to wrestle with that horrible feeling of doing the work but not yet seeing the outplaying of it looking like what you have in your mind. Do you get what I'm talking about? Have you been there? My guess is you have. And so in the spirit of just being really honest with you and sharing my own journeys as a practitioner, as a leader, I wanted to tell you a few things about how I'm currently feeling in this messy space of bringing my own visions for my work, my businesses, to life in the world. And I'm hoping it generates a bit of a conversation and that you can relate. I have decided today to sit outside in my garden to film the podcast, to record the podcast. And that's for a few reasons. One is that this is kind of my happy place. I love being in my garden. It is an oasis for me. 
you've probably heard me talking before about the fact that beauty is one of my core values. It's something I really need and crave. And so I very intentionally cultivate that around me because it helps me operate at my best. And so I'm out here because it's my happy place, for one thing. I'm also out here recording the podcast today because it was what I felt I needed to do to be able to just force me to record the podcast. Because I'm rather behind and my very patient, lovely team producing this podcast, thank you for your patience. I should have had this episode to them more than a week ago and I am terribly behind, which is not something I'm proud of, but it's just the truth. It's where I'm at at the moment. And so what I decided was that rather than put it off and either record the podcast but not be in a great headspace and so not give of myself in the way I want to, to you who's taking the time to listen or watch the podcast, I decided that it had to be recorded. I needed to just get this done and stick with the commitment of the cadence being a weekly podcast but that in order for me to show up and to be in the right energy and actually enjoy the process with you so that hopefully it actually lands well, I needed to be in a setting that was feeding me and that was good for me. And so I don't know if the lighting's great. I don't have any lighting out here. It's just the shade. I'm in natural light. Maybe that's terrible. Maybe it's too windy. There's going to be a lot of aeroplanes and different things. But I hope that in the imperfection of that, you hear me also sharing that piece with you that while I am making myself stick to my commitment and record the podcast, I am also tuning into what I need. And then finding a way to weave that in. And if you've been watching my stories or some of my content on Instagram this week, you will have seen that when I was out walking the dog, I did a little video talking about a different way to think about our values. And instead of the way that people typically think about them, to add in a dimension of seeing your values and a powerful articulation of them being about how by tuning into that you can actually cultivate the conditions that allow you to show up as your best self, to show up in the fullest expression of who you are. And that is the same whether we're talking about values for an organization or whether we're talking about values for us as individual leaders. And so in this moment, I am merging those ideas together and following through on my commitment, producing the podcast as promised, but doing it in a way that actually feels good for me and allows me to relax and be in a restful place. So here we are. Welcome to my garden (laughs) on this windy day. I started out the episode today reminding you about that idea of there being this process or journey that we go on from being a novice to being a master. And last week I 
talked to you about some of those pieces and gave you some examples from my personal life and my parents' lives about in non-work settings being willing to just throw ourselves in and be a novice, be willing to try things and not yet have to be amazing at it. I don't know about you, but I find that easier to do in non-work settings than in work settings. Maybe you're the same. And last week in the episode was really honest with you about the fact that I am really good in some areas of my life at being playful and trying new things. And then in other areas, I get very definite and I have a vision in my mind and I want it to play out. And if it can't be that, I struggle. So when you have been listening and thinking about these different ideas for yourself, I don't want you to feel any sense of judgment or that you're somehow lacking if some of the questions I ask you are really confronting for you or your examples in your own life, things you're proud of. We all have those. Like I said, I am majorly behind on the podcast and in the flow on effects of that are not only that it's like a yucky weight on my shoulder hanging over my head, but it's also putting pressure on my team and it's putting them under a much tighter deadline to produce things than is fair, which is poor form on my part because I shouldn't do that. So everyone has these moments. The reason why I wanted to just sit in the messiness today and record the podcast actually about that messiness rather than on the topic I was planning on doing and waiting till that had fully formed and taken shape in my mind was I genuinely think that we need to, as leaders, allow ourselves the space and grace to be human. Because part of the aspects that I see limiting the leaders that I work with is that the patterns that are so deeply part of how they show up in the world, how they bring things to life, how they build, are so shaped by what has been rewarded in their lives to date the things that have got them ahead or that have made people admire them or see them as a great leader or see them as someone to look up to. And yet the truth is most of those things that when we're younger and even in those first few uh, decades of our adult life, most of those aspects that were applauded and that got us our big wins were actually really exhausting. And they took a toll in some way, whether it was in, how many of you have read the book, The Body Keeps Score? It's a book I read many, many, many years ago and intellectually I understood it, but it's only been in the last few years that it's really sunk in as I've had to work through a whole bunch of different issues in my own body going through the joys of menopause. But like I said, these things, we may have been able to get away with them when we were younger, but they were taking a toll either on our bodies 
or on our relationships. We were pushing through and achieving these goals at the expense of those we loved, having to either put up with us being really grumpy or really distant and not able to be present or show up. Or they may have taken a massive toll on our finances or on some other aspect. It's going to be different for each of us. But the reason that it's important for us to be honest with each other and to share these moments when we do struggle is even if they're not big things. So me sharing with you today the fact that I'm behind on the podcast, you know, on one level you could say, big deal, Bessie, why are you even drawing attention to it? The podcast is going to get out. It's not a big issue. It's not, but it's also a really great example of just these things that add up to being the pieces that hold us back from actually pulling off our vision in the world. Because it's when you get into the habit of allowing the fact that you don't really feel like it, or the podcast isn't quite perfect yet as you want it to be, or that new project you want to start the stars aren't totally aligned or some other excuse that you come up with in your mind. Each of those little pieces that on their own may not seem like a big deal, they all add up to being the things that either help us pull off these beautiful concepts we have in our mind to create change we want to see or the amazing organisation or culture, or team, or product, whatever it is that we have that is uniquely ours to bring to the world, when we don't talk about these pieces that are blocking us, where we're feeling resistance, where we're feeling the word that I've used a few times this week with different people I've been speaking to, and I always try to be really honest with people about how I'm feeling, and so when people have asked me this week, I've said, oh, I feel like I'm in a bit of a swirl. This, I don't even know if I want to call it a chapter because I'm hoping it's not as long as a chapter, but this little phase, this moment, let's call it a moment because we're hoping that's all it is, this little moment that I'm in feels like a swirl. I don't feel in control, which is not a great feeling. I feel a little bit frustrated at how long things are taking me to bring to ground because the gap between the clarity I have of my vision of what I am creating, I have an amazing imagination and my visions are vivid and detailed and I know what I want this podcast to look like. I know the traction I want it to get. I know the change and impact I want it to create in the world. And it is not even vaguely one hundred of a percentage. <laughs> is that a thing? It's not even vaguely on the map. Let's just say that. So the swirl that I'm in, which you may have experienced before or you may be in yourself at the moment, is that really unsatisfying place where you're doing the work 
but everything's taking longer than you would like to get to where you know it can get and to outwardly be in the kind of rhythm or flow that you have in your mind that kind of connects to your vision. So if you're feeling me on that one, if you've experienced that or you're experiencing it now, shoot me a message because we can encourage each other. We're not alone in this journey. And I think, like I said, the encouragement from me to you is that I have found, certainly for my favorite clients, the leaders I love working with, they embrace me more and they feel more able to share their unique and honest selves with me and then actually fast track their journey towards achieving their goals when I'm honest and vulnerable about the pieces that I'm struggling with or the reality of where I'm at in my journey as a leader. And so I'm hoping to encourage you today that it is so worth taking the time to get clear on our vision, to be really firmly confident in those articulations we have of foundational elements like our values so that we can create and cultivate those conditions that allow us as an organization and as a leader to show up as the natural best of who we are and who we want to be in the world. All of those things, your vision and your values, are super important. But we need to prepare ourselves and we need to have around us a network of other people, other leaders on that journey who are confident enough in themselves to not have to pretend they have it all going on and that they've got it all sorted, but that can still claim their brilliance, know what it is they are bringing to the world and where they add value, but share honestly about the struggle in that messy space between once you're really clear on the vision and you're doing the work, but you're sitting in that place that feels like no man's land. And so with a whole bunch of my work and the visions that I'm bringing into the world right now, I am very much sitting in the messy middle. I have told myself that the next 18 months to three years are going to be a period where there's probably going to be a lot of this resistance, a lot of this feeling dissatisfied with the traction, with the quality of things, because it's still taking shape. The refinement is still going to feel awkward and a bit like there's some dissonance in that. And so along the way, at different moments when it rises up for me like it did today, I will share that with you. But I want you to know that that is what's happening for me. That is just the reality of bringing anything to life. So I want to just take a few moments to flesh that out a little bit for you by sharing 
some of the journey that I've been on and why I'm actually okay with sitting in this messiness and with feeling the way I do right now because I think it's worth it to bring about the vision I have. Those of you who have known me over the last few decades, particularly in my work pre-attempting to bring things online, because my work had always been offline, face-to-face is my favourite thing. I love the energy of reading a room. I'm very empathic and tuned in to people, and I like to be able to get a sense of where you're at, how you're responding to something and picking that up from you. And so if you have worked with me in that context in the past, then much of what is coming out in my content now is not new to you, but hopefully you will start to see over the course of this year as I share more content that there is a refinement of ideas that have been part of my work for decades. I am someone who has had a consistent theme since I was a kid around always having parts of me that seem like they're contradictions, but never being someone who was willing to or even felt like it would work for me to pick one thing and to cut off the other parts of me. I always said as a kid I was a walking contradiction. Since the early days of my career, I was trying to bring together the fact that I love business. I passionately believe that business can be a powerful agent for change in the world. And I am not afraid of the aspects related to making money that sit within a context of operating a financially stable or sustainable business. That doesn't bother me. But I equally am someone who grew up in a family where social justice was one of our core values. We're having perspective about never comparing yourself to the people around you, but instead comparing yourself to people around the world. My mum would always say, that if you have running water and electricity, you are in within the wealthiest people in the world. So don't look around you and say, oh, I'm the poorest person here. Look around you in that sense of perspective, taking a bigger view and realising just how fortunate you are. So having grown up in that family where our core values were around things like work ethic, independence, perspective and social justice, I moved into a place where two of my great loves, leadership and business, have in many respects dominated the technical side of my skills. At university, I studied politics, international relations. My master's was focusing in on counterterrorism and looking at charismatic leadership in the modern age, looking at how it was that you actually, as a leader, brought people on board? How do you create a movement? All of those aspects around leadership and the role of the leader have always fascinated me, looking at how different people use power, how people understand power, 
whether someone is tuned into power dynamics in a room or not, always fascinates me. So I had this love, and I certainly have an academic background in the leadership space. And then this real draw towards business and trying to figure out how it can be both a vehicle to bring your brilliance into the world, to use your leadership skills to create jobs and a great culture and environment for others, but also to do that in a way that has a product or service that adds some value and that creates these beautiful win-win business models that I always talk about. So I had these two components, but being someone who is always very multidimensional, I didn't want to lose in that the aspects of social justice. I didn't want to just help people become a better leader and run a more robust business. They're at the heart of my work. But in that, what I do know about people, what I know about what will sustain you as a leader, is that we need more than just money as an incentive. You get to a point where you're like, okay, I've actually got enough. If the only motivator you have for me is giving me more money, that's not really going to keep me excited or engaged. It's not going to bring out the best in me. And even if you're not yet at that place where money isn't an issue for you, even if there are still financial freedom aspects that you're still trying to get in place, if you only think about business related to how it can address your financial vision, then you're missing out. Because the other dimension that I have always wanted to bring into my work was the aspect that in order for us really to be the best expression of ourselves as a leader, and in order for our business to truly differentiate itself, to position itself powerfully in a very competitive and noisy market, and in order for us to build a business which actually can operate and grow in a rapidly changing environment, we need to do what I call merging money and meaning. When we bring meaning into our work, into the way we lead, into the way we run our business, then suddenly so many locks are unlocked. So many of the things that didn't really excite us or motivate us, didn't feel like there was enough to keep us going in our business, change. And the vision or the journey that I've been on is that in the last two years, I have paused and pulled back completely from the trajectory I was on in my work and with my business and said, I have a much bigger vision of transforming the way businesses are run. I have a much bigger vision about actually equipping the millions of small and medium-sized business leaders who are trying to run their businesses in a way that they can actually be proud of. Their intentions aren't just to make money at the cost of other people, but they do not have the 
training or the tools to equip them to think about business differently and run their business differently. And the current options, if you want to do that, are too expensive, too time-consuming, and not at all realistic for a busy, small or medium-sized business owner. And so in pausing and stopping the trajectory I was on and instead saying, I'm going to take the time and I saw it as a gift to myself. I've spent the last two years not trying to sell you anything, not trying to grow my business or pull revenue in, but really experimenting, really thinking through and refining what is the methodology and the work that I've done over the last nearly 24 or nearly 25 years? What have I learned? How do I put those skills, those strategies to work in a way where I actually take the time to figure out what it would look like to develop an offer and a stream of my business that actually meant millions of business leaders could access this and change the way they run their businesses. Because if you wanted to do this work previously, to do a decent piece of this work with me, you couldn't do it for under $100,000. And you would have to commit serious time and energy and effort to it. And I know for a fact that there are a limited number of groups who can, who are willing or able to spend that kind of time and money to do the work. And yet, I know from my own experience and I passionately believe that if we can equip you as a business leader to have the tools to think about the purpose of business in a different way and to be able to come to a place where you've designed your business model in a way where you can unapologetically grow and strengthen the financial stability of your business, but do that in a way that now clearly articulates and can be held accountable for the types of positive impacts you want to be contributing to in the world, then we can see massive change happen. And what occurs is that when you do this well, when you actually integrate it, when you merge money and meaning, you build a better business. But if I hadn't spent the last two years wrestling my methodology, wrestling my own ego, wrestling my desire to be a purist, wrestling my desire that in an ideal world, I would love to work with you in a deep and meaningful way over multiple years, that would cost serious cash. That would be my preference to work with you in that way. But what I have had to grapple with is that given my vision and when I combine that with my unique experience over the last 24 years, that means I am one of the only people who genuinely is coming at this work with a love for both spaces, not a judgment for those who want to make money and not a judgment for the meaning or purpose or contribution. I'm not downplaying either one. I'm not demonizing either one. 
I'm not asking you to choose one over the other. I am genuinely trying to equip you to do both unapologetically. And it's hard to find people who do that with. They might say that's what they're doing, but then you will find yourself being pushed towards projects or ways of contributing that undermine the financial stability or that distract you from your core business that become a nice project that maybe can be a small percentage of your time and effort. They can't be embedded or scaled up. Or you get people who really just want to equip you to grow and scale the business and make as much money as you can. And then they'll make a big flashy donation or something to help themselves or you feel better about contributing. That's not how I operate. You'll never get that from working with me. But when I held these pieces in my mind, the only option for me was to take the time and sit with what I know and try to figure out how to share that in a way that I could deliver in an effective way at scale and where I could price it in a way that would mean that there wasn't a barrier for those who wanted to actually learn how to do this differently. But that has been hard, really hard. It has taken a discipline that does not come naturally to me. And so I want to share that with you to just be honest about the fact that that experimenting I've done over the last two years, and for any of you who have been watching, you might have at times been thinking, so what is she actually doing? If you looked on my websites, whether it was business website or personal website, you would have thought, what's she selling? Like, what's the offer here? And the answer is in the last two years, there hasn't been one. That was an intentional decision because I wanted to experiment. I wanted to be doing the work in the background, writing my book, refining methodology, designing out what the programs would be and what they would look like and how we would deliver them. That all took time. But I didn't want to do it in isolation. I wanted to be playing and testing and sharing ideas as I went to see how they landed or didn't. And so the reality, if we come back to today and we come back to the fact that I said I'm sitting in the messy middle, I'm sitting in that deeply uncomfortable place now, is that coming into 2024, I had said that January 2024 was when I would transition out of the exploration phase and start to bring this to ground. So we are now sort of end of coming up to the end of February. And so I'm now in the space of moving out of exploration and playing and experimentation where there was no pressure or need to make things land. It was a beautiful space. I love conceptual things. I love creating. I love thinking. So it's been a nice place to be. But this stage is important and it's where the rubber hits the road. And so I am sharing with you that in the next 18 months to three years, you are going to see me go on a new journey as we bring the methodology to the market as we start to offer 
our work in a different way in the world, to show up in a way that seeks to serve at a much bigger level more leaders all around the world who are seeking to run their business in a different way. I hope that in hearing the fact that it's not all fun and games, it's not all easy, I hope that that makes you feel a little bit better about wherever you're at and wherever that might be challenging or difficult or or not looking like you thought it would or taking longer than you thought it would. Be encouraged that it's all part of the journey. And if we as leaders can be more honest about that, allow ourselves to be human, share with each other the components that don't feel great or that feel disappointing or frustrating, then I think we will together get to a better place. The last thing I just want to say in wrapping up is that if you are in one of these messy places and you feel like you are needing to do that dance between pushing forward and continuing even though it's hard and not looking like you want it to look and it feels a long way off being the level of what your vision is, so like mine, there's a long way to go before this vision takes shape, then I want you to come back to some of those pieces that we talked about at the beginning of figuring out both for you as an individual and for your business, what are the conditions you need to cultivate to be able to show up as your best self and for your organisation to be at its best, even in amongst this messy middle, even in amongst the fact that there might be a considerable amount of time where you have that vision where you're doing the work, where you are faithfully being the channel, showing up, doing what you are called to do, and yet not seeing the results or not being at the level you know you can and need to be. I want you to think about what those conditions are and then see as the gift you give to yourself and the gift to your team and your organisation that you prioritise and are very intentional about ensuring that there is enough of those supportive elements around you at all times to sustain you through this hard work. So just like I have, you know, loads of books, as I said at the beginning, beauty is one of my core values and the incredible book Beauty by John O'Donoghue, when I read that I felt like he just was inside my brain and explained every aspect of why beauty was a core value for me. So I have certain books like Beauty or the Bhagavad Gita or The Great Work of Your Life by Stephen Cope, different books that I just read and reread. I have pieces like My Garden, Picking Flowers, Coming Outside, different practices, different environmental pieces that I put in place to allow me to not just be pushing through, but to be supported during that process. So the piece for you to do this week, I always like to leave you with some kind of drive to action. The piece I want you to commit to this week is identifying a few things 
two, maybe three things for you as an individual, and then two or three things for your business that are really non-negotiable, that are speaking to those conditions you need to cultivate for your values to be able to be a natural part of how you operate, how you make decisions, how you behave. For you to be at your natural best, what are the conditions you need to cultivate? Reflect on that and I would love you to share them with me if you're willing to. And I'll keep doing some videos like I've done this morning and like I've been sharing about some of my thoughts in these areas and really happy to share with you the other practices that I have in place. But today you got to sit in the garden with me and I'm hoping that the audio wasn't too horrible. But whatever the case may be, thank you for allowing me to be human and to create the conditions I needed to do the work I had to do. I really hope that you will continue to come on this journey with me, not only over the next 49 episodes to get to that 100 mark with the podcast and start to find some flow and mastery, but on my broader journey to help share what I have learned over the last two and a half decades and bring that to ground as I sit in this swirl now and start to share these new offers and bring my methodology to you in what is hopefully a much more accessible way, I would love your feedback. This is an ongoing refinement. My vision is clear but the delivery mechanisms and how that plays out is going to be fully shaped and influenced by the feedback I get from leaders like you, because this is not about me. If the Bhagavad Gita, the beautiful ancient classic, teaches us anything, it's that aspect of part of my comment about the values, creating or cultivating those conditions that you need to show up as your best. The next piece in terms of the Gita is to get to a place where we realize we then channel our calling or our gifts, but we are not the doer. We don't obsess over or take ownership of or hold desperately onto the outcome of that. How my work plays out is none of my business ultimately. I am going to continue showing up. I am going to cultivate and create the conditions that allow me to bring my best. And then I will be a channel. I will share what I know, but it will be out of my hands. And so as I share this with you, I genuinely ask for your feedback and input, your reflections and your advice on how I can do a better job because I want to see my vision come to life in the world and I want to be part of transforming and changing the way businesses are run, equipping you and millions of leaders around the world to actually know how they can merge money and meaning in their businesses to allow them to create a business they can be proud of that unapologetically strengthens the financial stability while also contributing to what it is they care about in the world. That's possible for you possible for me and we just have to give ourselves grace and support to be human and to push through 
within the messy, uncomfortable times, but do it in a way that surrounds us with what we need to flourish. So I hope that's been helpful and I will see you again next week. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Jasper Blueprint. If you found what I shared today valuable or think that it would be good for a business leader that you know, please share the episode. Another way to help the podcast is to provide a rating and written review on your podcast app. The written review is important because it helps others learn about the show and how they can think differently about their business. If you'd like to get in touch, please reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or go to bessiegraham.com. I'm Bessie Graham. And remember, business is not a zero-sum game. You can create a win-win.